This is episode five of The Hallway. Chris and I talk about brain chips, ethical technology, scary technology, data privacy, advertising algorithms, and blue and red business theory. Thanks again for taking some time to walk with us down the hallway, and I hope you enjoy the lovely stroll you take with us. Thanks. I don't know. You put up two hands. That's ten. That's, That's true. We're, we're, we're back to one. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I was excited. I was excited. <laughs> hands up. Hands up. Hands hey, down. Hey, it's a party. <laughs> it's oh, always man. a party when we're on the mic, man. No, but exactly. what we were saying earlier, we had a we had a blooper where smart technology is not always that smart. Like my computer <laughs> should be able to know exact, like be able to read my mind, know what I wanted to do, and just you're, do it. You're. Uh-huh. When, when when is that gonna happen, Chris? You're my IT guy. When is that gonna happen? Right? I mean, I mean, I'm working on it. We're getting all right. All right. You're it's working okay. on it. Right. Once Elon gets the little chips in our heads, we'll probably be all right. Dude, do you really think that's gonna be a thing? It is. I mean, it, it, it technically it is a functioning thing at the moment. Like they're putting these things into animals already, and like really, yeah, yeah. What As what animal? Like, like like rats or something? Probably. I think they did in the presentation. They did pigs. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think they did pigs and mice, but pigs like, and mice, it's it's a thing. I don't know so the like, extent of features, but like okay, that's what I was gonna ask. So like, yeah. what is it? What are they actually doing? So can the pig like, can you like know what the pig <laughs> is thinking? Like, can you you know what I mean? It's like I don't oh, know. Shit. I don't know because I don't know what like what kind of data they're gathering. I don't know if it's just like scientific data, like we're scanning rain waves and things like that, and yeah. looking for patterns, or are we like able to like recuperate memories and like interpret vision and things like that i don't know oh my gosh this is such some black mirror shit like i don't even know like (laughs) those of you that uh you know have never maybe seen black mirror but black mirror is a series on netflix where they have technology and like all types of technology that you could you know imagine and they basically show like oh this is so great because they're just show all these great examples but then like all of a sudden something can go wrong so this mm-hmm. reminds me specifically, I mean, think about, I think there was an episode called Archangel and basically there was this mom who lost, you might've seen it, Chris, but this mom mm-hmm. lost her child, right? When she was young, she got, like got lost or whatever, mm-hmm. found her, all this stuff. And the mom was like freaked out. So basically they installed like a chip in her brain and the mom had like a tablet mm-hmm. and the mom, yeah. So the, it, it was crazy. Like the mom could see if she wanted to see what the girl's seeing. Not only that, but the technology, you know, in the show, right? Yeah. The technology itself could sense when there was like, I think it was cortisol, like the stress hormone was like oh. going to spike okay. and, and it would live mute, like, like mute things. So as an example, the girl was like walking to school, right? Okay. Like in the episode, she's walking to school. There's this German shepherd who's like protecting its house, like in, it's in the front yard. When, mm-hmm. she, you know, before she would walk by it and she could see the dog after she's walking by the dog and it's like the dog is like, you know, you, you see it from her perspective mm-hmm. and it's like blurred out. And instead of like a, it's like, a so literally Whoa. anything that would cause her like pain stress. or, or stress, yeah. like mutes. And then you think about that. It's like, dude, is that the way to raise your, like, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, oh shit. That's you know? interesting. Like, Bruh. that's the thing. Like, with any technological advancement, you have to think about implications to quality of life, implications to security, safety. Like, it, it is, it's, especially when you're talking about, like, like human 
technology innovation, which pretty much everything, human-computer interaction to begin with, it's, you want to be careful. There's a fine line, and there's always people that will try to push the line, but then there's always people that are way on the other side. I, I think we have to advance, but we have to take our time and do it right and make sure yeah. it's always a benefit to society. Mm-hmm. all society not just like a particular nation or anything like that you know completely agree and that, that's a good point man like how is this technology going to benefit everyone right and how yeah. could it potentially benefit everyone and if it only benefit i mean that's uh, that's where i think capitalism comes into play True. right so yeah i mean if, if something benefits one nation then and everyone wants to have it and everyone's willing to you know throw money at it to get it mm-hmm. it's gonna happen right i mean yeah. that's the nature of capitalism right but i guess to, to your point, we kind of have to keep that ethics into play and say, okay, yeah. you know, is this really good? Should we even go down this road? Exactly. Right. And ethics is ethics is exactly what it is. It's ethics mm. in technology. There's actually, I had a whole course on it in school. It was, it was, the course wasn't as in-depth as it should have been, but it kind of gave you a little bit of a precursor to problems and issues that do arise and did yeah. have arise in the past and that how we deal with them, like, government-wise, does government deal with this? Does the company deal with this? Mm. And uh, a lot of your big tech companies, they'll have, like, whole divisions to make sure we're, like, you know, we're doing the ethically correct thing. Yeah. It it makes sense. But, like you said, it falls into capitalism because at the end of the day, we're innovating to make money. Everyone's Mm -hmm. innovating to make money. So the technology will fall to the person with money. But, you know, I kind of believe in the whole betterment of the human like world everyone but Mm. also you know we all gotta make money so yeah yeah there's a balance yeah i mean let's see what happens the first thing that i thought of was like okay you know think of yourself as a human right and if somebody puts a chip in your brain and can understand your thoughts and all that (laughs) stuff like let's let's be real for a second yeah (laughs) putting shit in your brain oh my god oh that would be terrible but like seriously like people I think in general and not on purpose mm-hmm. sometimes have some really fucked up thoughts yeah and like we all do it it's not something that you're like oh my like no oh i'm inherently like a bad person like sometimes no. we just do we literally just think of fucked up shit you know mm-hmm. and like that's just kind of what happens bro and i was I'm curious driving in the car today I'm gonna, i got an yeah. example i was driving yeah. in the car today and I, I, I just bought a ladder i drive a camry so I had to transport a ladder on top of my carry. Dude, the ladder's like sticking out of the rear window. Like, like a freaking... <laughs> it's an eight-foot ladder. So this thing's oh, on God. the roof. I had it like exactly. kind of tied down. And it started like flopping Kind of tied down? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> it was flopping around and everything on top of the roof. And then I'm looking around. I was like, oh, shoot. What happens if this ladder like flies off? It's going to like tumble and smack the guy behind me he's gonna cause an accident with that guy behind him and in my head i had all this like gory imagery of exactly what would happen then i was like yeah oh, maybe i should be safe <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should tie this down a little bit more yeah, you know yeah, yeah. i pulled over <laughs> exactly but i feel like we we would have those thoughts and then it's like okay is that going to be flagged or are people going to be analyzing our thoughts like mm. i don't know man because then that's a big like privacy thing exactly right. that's yeah. what most of your ethics goes down to privacy because everything that we do in the technology sphere everything is data driven so mm. nothing does something based off of nothing if that makes any sense that everything is usually uh, it's a cause and effect and in order to have that we need to have information to either trigger that that chain the process to start and that happening that data collection 
And then we need to understand what are we collecting, how sensitive is what we have collected, and then where and who can I send this to, and where have you allowed me to send this to? So I don't know if you know, but there's um, GDPR. With GDPR, it's it's the the new. What does that stand for? It's like global. Ah, don't use the acronym. You don't understand. Data or, uh, privacy. Uh, yeah, okay. yeah, hold on. <laughs> I gotta I gotta look it up now, just just because we we got it. Yeah. Hold on. Uh, GDPR. GDPR. So it's like a privacy thing you're saying. Yes, general data protection regulation. Mm, so okay. the EU and uh, California follow GDPR, and basically it's a whole bunch of. If you're going to collect my information, you need to tell me what you're going to do with it. You need to inform me every time someone new has access to it. And a bunch of other protections and safeties. And basically, it's all about keeping you safe mm. while you, you collect data. And it's like only California and Europe right now. I don't know whether it's going to spread, but the problem with it, or problem in the tech sphere, is that it makes the process of handling your data that much harder so mm. if i'm collecting social security numbers in california i have to like triple encrypt my database but if i'm doing it in florida i really only need one level of encryption or something like that you know so the development wise it creates a little bit more work but it's necessary to keep you safe mm. and i would say i mean that's Yes, it requires more work, but at the end of the day, I mean, that's an inherent benefit because, I mean, you hear about these data breaches. What was it, an Equifax or something like that? Yeah. It had like a huge data breach of like people's, I think it was social security numbers. I think that was the mm -hmm. exact thing that happened. And that's kind of a big deal, you know? And yeah. I mean, what is, isn't cybersecurity like huge right now? Like if yes. I remember correctly, that's, there's been a few, there's been a few cases where I think, you know, and I may be wrong, I need to find the facts, but I believe it was like people from Russia who've been hacking, you know, like pipelines and like other types of companies and for, for ransom, right? Like mm -hmm. ransomware, I, I think yeah. it's called, right? Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a big thing. So we had the most recent um, pipeline, right, that got hacked and hey, everybody got shut down. But you know what? We paid the ransom because we had no other way of figuring out how to... Really? Ransom. That was it? Yeah. They paid the ransom? They wow. paid the ransom. It's stupid. I think they actually recovered it after the fact. They got caught and all that, but... You know, sometimes we just don't have the right defenses to certain things. And like you said, it's a booming industry right now. Because we, we kind of, we do this, we build, build, build things mm. in the technology sphere. And then we go back and we start, okay, how do I secure it? How do I make it safe? It's an afterthought. It's an yeah, afterthought. Yeah, exactly. Because with a product, like when you're really building a cutting edge product, you want to stay ahead of everybody else that's building it because there's 10 different variants out there. And mm. you want to be the first to market and you want to be the big news. And so you got to kind of keep rolling and keep flowing with it. And so you can't stop to take note of that security thing or stop to take note of that. No, no, no. Just roll, roll, roll. Meet mm. the minimum viable product, and then we'll go back a little later and make sure everything's good to go. Mm. But you know, that's it's it's the innovation cycle, the development cycle. So yeah. yeah, and I guess considering how fast, like if you think of development, considering how fast you can build things. I mean, it's not like you're designing a concept that needs to be milled in a milling machine. I mean, someone mm -hmm. could do it on their computer, you know, within a yeah. few weeks time and have a whole entirely new product that, you know, could potentially innovate the market in whatever market that they may be in. 
right? Exactly. And that's, yeah, no, that's huge. And if you think of, if you think of the way that people interact with, um, you know, with, with software applications, it's usually like services. It's, I mean, you're just constantly plugging in data. It's not like I'm, Always. like I said, the example of, of a mill machine. It's like, it's not like I'm going to buy a freaking hammer, you know, and then it's like, okay, that's it. It's like, no, like I'm giving you sensitive data. Like, you know, you, mm-hmm. my credit card number, my, my name, yep. my address, my, all of that stuff. Yeah. Collection. But it's supposed to be for the better, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, it's supposed to be, but you know, it's products. That's what that's yeah. what it is. It, everything boils down to what can make a company money, so that I can pay my employees, so my employees can go spend that money at another company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the cycle of money. Personally, I don't mind. I don't mind my data being shared with advertising companies, only because if I'm going to be shown ads, mm-hmm. then I'd rather see things relevant that ads. I may actually want. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're going to utilize my data in order to show me things that I could potentially use or I potentially need or mm-hmm. something like that, then that would be great. Because yeah. then if if you're sending me ads where it's like something that I would never use, like, you know, on my little pony, like onesie, <laughs> it's like, okay, like I'm not going to buy that. Right. So it's, yeah. it's, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know? But that's yeah. the thing. I think, um, I think right now for me, mm-hmm. I, I do send a lot of my data. Uh, you know, I don't use the secure browsers and all that stuff i know some people that go crazy about it and hey i get it that's your preference but for me my biggest problem with seeing ads for like buying things is that they're always either late or Mm. (laughs) they they just just not right at all like i'll get like women's undergarment commercials sometimes i'm like what why why i've never searched for this it's because you were on Pornhub last night, man. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be that. Or I'll get, like, um, uh, what's it called? Like, I-, I got an ad for a ladder. I bought a ladder already. Ah, uh, damn, You don't need late. to give me these ads, you know? Or, like, yeah. I bought it on Facebook Marketplace. How are you going to yeah. know that, you know? Yeah. So I got irrelevant ads now. It's, it's an irrelevant ad to me, and I'll just mm. keep getting it because... They haven't seen that I've made the purchase because so. it's it's more of like a lagging indicator in a way yeah. than a leading indicator. Because if I'm already searching ladders, and then you know mm-hmm. now you give it to me ladder, but my yeah, but it, it's almost like okay, but how are they supposed to predict <laughs> that you wanted a ladder? That's where it's so, like okay, now they need to like yeah. be in your brain, you know? Like that's the, that's the thing so. Here's the do. thing, though. Sometimes you can do that. What they have is like predictive sort of uh, an algorithm. So I just got set up for a loan um oh purchase loan right and i'm just now starting to see ads for refinancing loans so like you can kind of follow the train a little bit like hey i bought a ladder start sending me ads for drills yeah start sending me ads for relevant products like categorical yeah like categorical type of thing yeah like you know when uh i don't know if you heard about the case of that one uh young lady that was getting ads for like baby formula no I, I didn't hear about that somehow Amazon figured out that based off of what she's been purchasing what she's been searching that she was pregnant oh shit <laughs> so she got ads for baby clothes baby formula all that stuff and I think it was her dad that like got fed up and like called 
the advertising company was like, you need to stop sending my daughter ads for all this stuff. I guess he was like, probably like super religious or something. And was like, yeah. no, no, she's like 16. No, no way she's pregnant. No. And they're like, well, actually, <laughs> based on the patterns, and she yeah. was pregnant. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And so what was the, so what was the result of that? Like, what did they say? Like, they just found out and did they yeah. complain about like the, the <laughs> algorithm that they used or something? Or like, were I they mean, just, you could try to complain, but, the truth is the truth. You, yeah. You're pregnant. So yeah, I'm marketing. Is, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, yo, sorry, but Amazon knew before you did, buddy. So you need to have a better relationship with your daughter. You know, mm-hmm. like that's right. what the advertising company <laughs> told this guy. Oh my gosh. Holy but, cow, man. That's what I'm saying. So you could, you could get predictive with it if you give it the right information, but that's the thing. You have to feed it all that data. Like how is, um, how is Google ads going to know that I bought a ladder on Facebook marketplace? Well, maybe Facebook Marketplace could see that I talked to Sarah in my chats, and mm. Sarah's product is now sold, and she talked to me primarily. So, hey, now you can go by, oh, okay, Chris probably bought the ladder from Sarah because he was talking to Sarah, and Sarah said that her thing was sold now. Chris has a ladder. Stop selling him ladders. <laughs> mm. But then, you know, okay, we're, we're talking about an extremely complex algorithm, right? Because oh, now. Yeah. But I guess the algorithms already exist, so you would, you know, I'm not a coder, so I don't know, but the algorithm already exists, so maybe you would try to build off of the currently existing yeah. you know, algorithm, maybe add different clauses or something mm-hmm. like that that feeds into it, right? Yeah, that's what it is. You want to build different pathways. I mean, mm. a lot of what you're doing is based off of real life. So you build scenarios, like you are saying, clauses, and hey, okay, well, here's a new pathway that you can take to collect more yeah. data. Because we have the information. They, they know I messaged Sarah, and they know Sarah hits sold. Now we just need yeah. to define a process. You know, So there's there's the data collection, and then there's the process. And then there's keeping it all safe. Yeah. And what what do we value first? We value the build. Yeah, that's that's really interesting mm-hmm. if you think about the cycle of innovation and how that works. Like, I mean, I w- it would make sense because you want to be that first company to say, yeah, we built this software, mm-hmm. we built this X, we built this Y that can do blah, blah, blah. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. This is great. We need to buy it, Done. right? Yeah. And then yeah. you're like, well, I mean, wait a couple months, guys, so we can make sure that uh, it's not an open book. You yeah. know, like uh-huh. all your data is not an open book. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like Indiegogo. You ever been on Indiegogo? They, I haven't. So it's like Kickstarter. Mm, okay. They'll like pre-launch stuff and they'll say, hey, we'll give you a pre-product production of uh, the new smartwatch or something like that. But know that uh, it's probably going to glitch on you and it won't be good till the actual release in like six didn't, months. <laughs> didn't that happen with Samsung refrigerators or something? Didn't Samsung come out with refrigerators and people like people were able because they had Wi-Fi Mm-hmm. People would like go to people's houses or some or neighborhoods and find <laughs> uh-huh. fridges and like hack them and oh, like get shit. all their yeah that was a wow. thing I'm pretty sure that was a thing it's entirely yeah. possible yeah because they the new fridges they basically have giant Android tablets in them and cameras mm-hmm. so I mean it's really cool technology but once again data security yeah data security it it has Wi-Fi your fridge has Wi-Fi <laughs> your fridge has Wi-Fi <laughs> <laughs> but for all those cream, recipes that you never cook you know yeah, like <laughs> yeah. people swear they'd be cooking like they don't. <laughs> bro I think what would be really cool innovation on that though is if like your fridge can see and identify what you have in there food wise that's what I was thinking of and yeah. then give you recipes based off of what you have in the fridge that, oh okay yeah that so, would be interesting I was thinking as well, like uh, an automated grocery list, mm, yeah. right? So it's like, okay, you know, you, you have, have a standard items. 
Exactly. You have like a standard inventory that you, you know, tell the fridge and the fridge knows when you put it in, mm-hmm. you know, that, that would be really interesting. I mean, if you think of like Amazon, I'm sure they could do it with their products, like with their, yeah. you know, with the Amazon Go store, like, you mm-hmm. know how they know yeah. like where certain products are and they can, you know, exactly. use computer vision to like, if it grabs a thing of milk, it charges, you know, puts it on mm-hmm. your account, whatever. Dude, they could probably utilize that same technology and have different cameras within your fridge to know what you have. Yeah. Right? And then when you're yeah. running out, they'd be like, oh, Chris... You know, you need milk, eggs, and you know, cream cheese. Mm-hmm. You know, do you do you, should should we order you bagels as well? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And there you go, integrated with Amazon Go, have an auto refill. Boom, mm-hmm. done. Your Boom. whole cycle is taken care of. And they have the uh, the Amazon delivery guys that like can go can go your into your house. house. Yes, stock yeah. your fill fridge. your fridge. <laughs> It's done. It is done. That Are you going to have him like feed the baby too? You know. I mean, hey, shoot, you came halfway. Yeah. <laughs> imagine yeah. that. That that's one of those like, hey, if if I had something like that, I would probably give away some of my data to allow some of that to happen. Yeah. The whole person coming into my house, eh, I'm a little wary about. Maybe I'll leave a mm. little box for you to drop the food off or something at the door. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like the auto ordering based off of what's in my fridge Using computer vision, oh, that would be beautiful. They already have the cameras and stuff. Like, if you have the right fridge, you can pull up the app while you're at the grocery store and see what's in your fridge. That's crazy. That's yeah. ridiculous to me, man. Oh, it's insane. this is all IoT, man. The, the Internet of Things is real. <laughs> the is. Internet of Things is real. And it's here to help us, but data collection and analysis is needed. So mm. we can collect a lot of data, but we have to figure out what to do with it. Like, that, right now, a big fork is do I try to process this data and like uh, build a bunch of algorithms to figure out what's going on based off the data or do I just show the user what's in the fridge on the phone yeah keep it simple Mm. the thing the split is can I do this well if I can yeah can you do the recognition of the items Mm -hmm. and yeah 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 because it wouldn't just be yeah, because based on the grocery store that you would go to, the computer vision would have to recognize, you know, several different types of milk, right? Mm-hmm. All, all that type of stuff. I mean, but but like we talked about, Amazon Go, they're already doing it. So I guess it's yeah. more of, you know, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It might be kind of tight, though, because like Amazon Go, they know every product that's in the store. So I imagine they've scanned digitally and created a 3D, you know, dot map of every product versus like... You know, I got milk from Trader Joe's. I got cookies from Walmart. You know, like, but I'm sure we could figure something out. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it'll hit you with the. Oh damn it! I lost power. All right, sweet. We're back. We're back. back. Chris had you. You said you lost power. What the hell happened? Yeah, man. I just I had a quick little brownout and everything just like boom. And then came right back, and I was like, ah, but I still don't have oh, internet. Oh, that's the so worst. That'll be fun. Reasons to not live in an apartment. Because <laughs> uh, you're not even in control. Oh, yeah. my gosh. What breaker am I going to so. go check? What, what's going on here? I'm not going to go check. Yeah, what breaker are you going to check in the apartment color? You're going to walk up to the maintenance man like, hey, man, what's going on here? You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, what are you doing? Is that a 10 this? amp? <laughs> <laughs> what you got, bro? <laughs> you need help? <laughs> Size Have up, you seen that commercial? Up. It was like that commercial of, um, I think it was a progressive commercial. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I think uh, it was like my girlfriend's brother told me about it or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he, he, it's basically this older guy and he's walking around like, um, 
a uh, home improvement store, stuff like that. And he's like, I'm trying to stop people from like becoming their parents when they buy a home. And then it's random stuff like, you know, uh, they're, they're all standing there and some like guy walks around with blue hair and then they're all just standing there and he's, they're like, oh, blue hair. Like they just had to say something about it. You know, they could yeah. just let it ride. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like, as soon as you buy a house, you start becoming, you know, parents. Uh, the guy that wants to fix it. Yeah. You start becoming I mean, your parents. You should though. You, I feel like, <laughs> you know, it's typical. You, you probably should fall into that normal pattern because you buy a house, you want to take care of it. Like your parents probably did, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. Hey, the dad yeah. mode activates, right? Dad, the dad mode. mode. Some might even call it. You know what's funny? Mode. I was, yeah, adult mode, dude. I was talking to my girlfriend the other day, and it's like, you know how it's it's funny how people make fun of dads, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think that sometimes dads do ridiculous things. Yeah, but it's like. Are you going to be like mad at me because I know how to fix a hot water heater? Like when your hot water heater breaks and I can no. fix it? Are you going to no. be are you going to be making fun of people then or are you going to be making fun of dads then? It's like no way, man. No, like, no. You know. Come on now. You love me. You you love us. Come on. <laughs> Low key. Exactly. It's- Especially cuz we can fix shit. Once we exactly. can actually fix it, yeah. You know? That's what we need. Though. We all we all silently need it, but we don't want to claim it. <laughs> of course. Of course. It's okay. Low it key. happens. I'm about it. So going back to, uh, you, you said something really interesting earlier, the story about like the Amazon and the, um, the dad finding out, you know, she was pregnant or whatever mm-hmm. through that. That was really funny. One question I have. So like, obviously, you know, I think we, I want to have a family. I think you said that you want to have a family one day as well. Yep. Are, are there any secrets that you think that you would never like tell your children? Ooh, <laughs> the drugs that I've done. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That was my first, that was the first thing that I would think of. Yeah. But it's like, if you think about it, maybe when your child gets a little bit older and like, yeah. you know, if, if your child is like 24, 25, like, or, you know, yeah. maybe 30 and they yeah. kind of had their partying and you kind of, they're like talking about it. I feel like I would. Yeah. But yeah. the one yeah. thing that I think that I don't know if I wouldn't share would be like, sex you know like i don't know if i would talk to my son about like how i'm banging his mom you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah i definitely don't want to go into details about how i'm doing it but like you'll go into the like yeah you know me and your mother have a healthy sex life and that's all you need to know (laughs) yeah true true keep it slim i don't want to be like yo man i pinned your mom against that wall right there (laughs) (laughs) when y'all weren't home we tore up that kitchen Like, as they're eating their eggs, like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. Don't want to do all that. I mean, may- maybe when they're, like, 30 and we're all adults, you know. Because there is a switch, you know, when you're, like, yeah. when you become a self-sufficient, like, your own person and not just their kid anymore, you know. And uh, the, the switch, it, it turns, and then they all look at you differently. So you could open that kind of conversation a little bit. Yeah. That's cool, though. When, like, when do you think... So do you feel that, cause you said you're 22, right? You're turning 23 later this year. Mm-hmm. So what do you feel like your parents view you as an adult? And if so, which I, I would think you would say yes, but mm-hmm. if so, when did that switch? Like you're talking about, like when did that switch actually happen for you? I think it, they, so I'm going, yes, I do think they view me as an adult. Um, I still think there's the, the minor child like attachment, like, you know, I'm still a baby, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. like incredibly old or anything. So, but I do believe that I felt the, the full, like, uh, adult parent 
conversations and stuff like that. Like, my dad has talked to me about things like he would have talked to a friend, you know? And I think it starts to happen once you stop needing your parents. I, that I use that loosely because, you know, you'll probably always need your parents in some capacity. But I mean, mm. financially self-sufficient, uh, you're able to go a week without asking them for something or anything, finance, uh, advice, whatever, you know? I think once that kind of takes place, then they're like, oh, okay, he's his own person and he's living his own life, you know? So it's he's not just my half-life anymore because that's what you are as a child for a long time you're you're yeah. you don't have your own life your, your parents run your life so your parent has their life and a half-life so once they lose that half-life it's like oh yeah i guess you're already a fully developed person now and i think it happened for me right around that time of self-sufficiency yeah no i would agree i think it was around when i was like because i went into community college and like, I got a job, my first job, I think I was 16 or 17. Mm-hmm. And then, so I was always, like, working. So then I think, like, that's a big thing. Like, when you start yeah. working, especially if you have your own car and you can, like, drive yourself places and you have your own money. Yep. Um, but then I think once you actually move out and then once it's, like, okay, like, you, you aren't, like, you know, paying for my, everything. you know, food or, you yeah, yeah, you're not paying for everything you're anymore. For like, me. that's when it, yeah, that yeah. that's when it really turns on. And for me that was like when I moved out of my mom's place, like from community college to like going to a state university, that mm-hmm. was when, you know, I think, I think that real shift happened. Cause it's like, you know, I was yeah. taking out, you know, I had to, I had to take out, you know, student loans in order to mm-hmm. pay like my rent. But when I worked that paid basically for everything else. So I was really just, you know, I was, was you. living my own life. Yeah. I was yeah. living my own life. And that's, what and that's it when is. I felt that transition. Yeah once you hit that like you're living a full life now you're not living that half life that that's when it happens i think for you internally too you know and that, that's a big switch it's a big switch i know we've talked about it before but it's it's a really important part uh at least in the upbringing the transition to a man which i think you know it's where more kind of where, where i'm at you know i'm working my mm-hmm. way up the chain <laughs> No, you're there, man. You're you're there. You're doing your thing. You're buying a house, dude. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a teacher in uh, uh in high school, a PE teacher. He, mm-hmm. he he um some kids were spouting off there like, "Oh man, yeah, I'm a man. I'm a man." In class, and it was like the teacher was like, "No, no, 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 no. You're not a man until you have a mortgage." <laughs> <laughs> I got to go find you. Fulfilling him. that. There you yeah, go. You got to uh, call him up. Be like, "Hey, I got a mortgage." Now. <laughs> hey, buddy. <laughs> I'm a man. <laughs> I don't know if that's the only qualifier of being a man, but oh, I yeah, understand yeah, what he yeah. means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just spouting out to some like high school kids. He was like, "Hey, hey, you're not a man." <laughs> it it's a so funny, down. like, but it's it's interesting though to think about like how much we thought we knew <laughs> when we were like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, Oof. like. We mm-hmm. thought we knew, and then the older we get, which our parents have told us this before, right? Mm-hmm. Like, every, I feel like everyone's parents have, have said this at some point. It's nope. like you think you know everything, and then you get a little bit older, and then you realize you don't know everything, and then you get even older than that, and then you realize, like, still, you still, still even when you realized anything. you didn't know anything, you still didn't know anything, you know? There's still <laughs> levels. There's still levels. And it's crazy, yeah. bro. It's crazy. I, I was thinking about it the other day, like, there's, there's like, these switches in life that like slowly turn for everyone for every different thing like recently i just i don't crave candy anymore 
I just don't. Really? That's surprising. Yeah. That's surprising. I know. I love, I used to love candy. But now I just, I don't have an urge for it, like, ever. And, like, Mm. milk? Nope. Ice cream. I used to love ice cream. I could tear apart ice cream. But now, I, I just don't. Because I just don't. No, I, I want I want a, maybe a sherbet, but like <laughs> yeah, sherbet. Uh, no, sherbets are good. Yeah, yeah, they get a little icy when it's hot. You know, we're in Florida. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> the real cool question now. is, how much sugar do you put in your coffee now? That's the that's the question. <laughs> so I've made the switch to honey. Right, okay, here. okay. All it's right. pretty nice. My uh, my brother's wife's grandpa has a small little beekeep going on in his yard. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, yeah. So he scraped off some and gave me the other day. I've been I've been using it. Apparently, it's really good for um, allergies. I've heard of that. Mm-hmm. I've heard mm-hmm. of that. I've heard like if you have allergies, it was it was my girlfriend's dad actually told me, but mm-hmm. he's like if you have allergies and you get honey from like the area like that exactly. you're from exactly yeah. it yeah it helps with allergies and it's probably because they gather the pollen that exists in that area put mm-hmm. it in the honey and then i don't know exactly what happens in you know body yeah. Pers- yeah in your body but yeah that's yeah. pretty gnarly though that's interesting it's it's one of those like like just makes sense it's one of those like science things and the only reason why these allergies have probably evolved is because we stopped having local honey or we stopped eating local honey so yeah it probably wasn't a problem like 10 years ago because we were already doing what we needed to do to avoid the allergies. But now we've gone grand scale. The uh, the production has moved wherever they make bees and honey, you know. Like, yeah. I don't even know where, where the honey comes from. Yeah, I don't even know where the, the honeycombs for the United States are. So. Yeah, yeah. What, like, where? What, what kind of pollen they got over there? Is it real pollen? They got some kind of synthetic pollen now, like, like they do with chickens? What? Maybe they, I mean, because what if they, like, it would be interesting to know how that works, actually, because I don't think you would have bees mm-hmm. in, like, a freaking, it's not like a warehouse, like, you're growing chickens <laughs> or you're growing, you know, vegetables, right? It's like, or is are it? you going to have, like, a 30,000-square-foot a, a, a warehouse full of bees? Like, I don't know <laughs> if that's, like, possible. Maybe you do, though. Maybe you do. Yeah. Maybe they have that and they just, like like, funnel the bees through like a garden that they have inside the warehouse and then like a channel that brings them back and like yeah. I don't know I don't know how it all works or is it just a natural beekeep I mean how does this work? I think I think that's what it might be like I, I obviously had no idea so I'm speculating yeah, but same. I would assume that it would be you know there would be larger bee operations beekeeping operations that produce honey mm-hmm. right and I think that maybe the larger distributor or maybe the people that have it that bottle it and do all that simply mm-hmm. buy from these larger beekeep you know beekeepers yeah. kind of just bring it all to one area and then they just take all that honey and they just bottle it and distribute it mm-hmm. that would make more sense than having a literal where i don't even know like <laughs> dude imagine how many bees that would be oh That'd my be god crazy remember imagine if they like broke out of the warehouse or something oh we've got a leak we got a leak <laughs> Bees just bees. flying up the roof. Oh my gosh! Isn't there like a super aggressive bee, like from Africa or something like that? Yeah, there's some type of like killer bee that's got like a really like big uh, stinger. Like stinger. Yeah, yeah. But don't like bees if they sting you. Don't they're like 
don't they die? Or they, they die. Yeah, yeah, they die. And like, bees aren't really. It's so. It's crazy how I think that we've always been raised to think that like bees are like super aggressive and they're gonna like sting you and like yeah. when you see one you got to run away. Because <laughs> um, the possibility. But every, yeah, I mean it's a possibility, but I feel like every single time that I've seen a bee, mm-hmm. like it's just chilling. It buzzes <laughs> round to its plant. It just sits it's on a plant. Business. You can be. You know, you can be, like, two or three feet away from a bee as long as you're not, like, in its face or, like, flicking it or something. So, bees aren't going to mess with you. The, uh, um, my, the person I got the honey from was telling me that Mm -hmm. the important thing about not being stung is to not be in the flight path of the entrance to the, um, the enclosure. So, Mm. if you're in the flight path, they're definitely going to, like, they're going to get on you and you're in their way. And they have food, and they're trying to bring it back home, so uh, you're a threat. <laughs> so, which makes sense. I mean, you know, you're in my way. Get out of my way. <laughs> if somebody's standing in front of your front door, like, I'd be like, what are you doing, you know? Why are you here? Get out. And if they yeah. won't leave, bro, I'm attacking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can catch these hands, you know? Exactly. Or just stinger, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. But yeah, we were like, we were outside and just kind of like huddled around it. And he's like, all right, you guys can stand like on the left side and you can stand on the right side. You can't go like in the middle. And this was, this was my brother's wife's baby shower. So like we were, there was a bunch of people there and he was just like, just make sure this path is clear and everybody else is fine. I was like, you don't need a suit up or anything or a smoker or like, like he sat right next to it. Like he, he was like probably six inches away from the, the whole enclosure. I was like, yo, whoa, you're just going to like, he just casually walked over and I was like, bruh, <laughs> nah, <laughs> you're yeah. scared. My parents were there too. And they were like, uh, I'm gonna lean back. <laughs> Dude, that's what I, and there was this one girl on TikTok. She's like, oh, save the bees or whatever. But I think she's mm-hmm. been like a bee. I think she's a beekeeper and she like goes out, you know, when people call her and she'll like go and like collect mm-hmm. bees. And she'll okay. do on her TikTok. You see her literally like without anything on. She straight up scoops the bees and just like <laughs> shakes them off and like Ooh. scoops them up, shakes them off, like all this crazy stuff. And I'm like, Ooh. but I think, but I think it's because she does smoke them. She probably smokes them before okay. they, before yeah. they do it. Yeah. Or is it just the confidence thing? They, they can smell the BDE and like. <laughs> The fair Maybe. <laughs> Shit, we know you're know. bold. We won't sting you. <laughs> <laughs> you're too much of a badass. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever chicken. got stung? I've never been stung. No? Yeah. I've gotten stung by wasps before. I haven't been stung like by wasps. anything. No? It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Well, like, like flies and horse flies and whatever. But like bees and wasps, never. No? No. It's not that bad. I mean, like I said, I only got stung by a wasp. But, and it was, like, in my forearm. But it got, like, kind of big, and it hurt a little bit. Mm. But, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, I'm going to die. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, it hurts so bad. Like, no, no way. Dude, it wasn't too bad. The house I'm buying, um, the, the homeowner, he was telling me about these giant, like, bugs that they get in the backyard. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what they are. They're, what was that one? They were, like, locusts. They're like, mm. they're massive, but they, apparently they eat everything, and you can't kill them by spraying any like insecticide on them. And they're like, they're massive. I'm talking like almost four inches long. What? Yes, yes. He showed me one. He like the only way he killed it was he stabbed it like 
through its body and he kept it too and he, to show it to me he was like yeah so this is about the size of him and like the dead one on the stick like scared me bro I jumped <laughs> I jumped like a chicken and he's like yeah there's nothing you can spray or do to kill these they will come and they will eat everything in a certain season so be ready this is what you have to deal with oh my but what but what would they eat like if you had like a garden or mm, yeah like, so that's the are they just eating your grass or like eating uh, the trees or small animals small animals <laughs> <laughs> well yeah he had a giant garden in the backyard so i'm yeah. assuming they saw them eating their fruits and vegetables and whatever but i don't know what else they consume but those suckers were massive mm. so are you are you gonna do anything with that garden uh, so the garden right now is like 90% of the yard minus the pool. Um, so I think I'm going to take it back to like 20% of the yard because mm. I want to do some minor gardening, but I'm, I'm not that good. You're not going to be out there yet. No, no. I'm gonna You'd rather do other things trees. than, uh, yeah. yeah, than garden your yard. Yeah. Throw a little dripper on there and then let, let some water fall, but I'm... I don't have the time to manage all that. Plus, I'm thinking about doing something nice back there, fire pit-wise, or, like, a little seating area. I've been cool. seeing some Pinterest things, you know, I've been thinking about. Some them. Pinterest things? <laughs> yeah. God. You know? That oh, is an no. innovation spot, though. Pinterest? For the DIY? Yeah, it, it it's is. real. It is real. It is. There, and then, like, whatever you do, you perfect it, and then you throw it up on your Etsy. <laughs> ah, then you make some money. Yeah, right. yeah. That that's a that's a pipeline right there. <laughs> I guess it depends on how much effort you know it takes to build whatever you're building oh, yeah. versus yeah, yeah versus the price. But yeah, people will buy stuff on Etsy. People buy people will buy like anything. Mm-hmm. Honestly, people will buy anything. You just have to make it and you have to just market it the market. right way, and people will yeah. buy it. There's a movie like that. Um, I want to say it was salt water or sugar but basically it was an energy drink company and they the movie was about the marketing team at the energy company or the energy drink company and basically they had to sell sugar water and they went through like the whole ins and outs of how to market sugar water and they literally marketed as sugar water and people bought it and people raved about it it was really interesting I, I, I didn't actually watch the movie but I watched enough clips of it to see like Whoa, that's kind of wild. It's all marketing. It's all in the marketing. It could it taste is. like ass and not actually work, but if it's marketed well, you make some money. People will buy it, dude. People, people will buy it. people will buy it. It's crazy. Like, what's the dumbest thing that you've ever bought? The dumbest thing? Oh man, um, that's a hard question. I can't even. Yeah. I don't even know if I can think of it. But I think, like, I don't know. I you, sometimes the dumbest things that I get are the things that I get for free. You know what? Like, think about that for a second. Okay. Think about the amount of things. Like, if you go to, I don't know, like a conference or you're on campus or you're mm. walking in the mall or you're walking somewhere and people are like, oh, yeah. Or the they give you like a lanyard or like a, yeah. a koozie or like a freaking keychain or, sunglasses. you know. Uh, yeah, or sunglasses or something that it's like you have it now and you take it because it's free because you're like, oh, yeah. Cool, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. But then. Or with the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, why do I even have this? You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. you end up just throwing it away anyway. Yeah, right? unless it's from a really cool company. Then you, that's true. You sometimes hold on to it. Like, I've then, got some yeah. some nice pens that you know I, I hold on to, but usually okay. 
it's the shitty pens they give you, you know, the little like yes, it is pens. the shitty pens that they give you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're not giving you like no nice big like ballpoint, no, you no. know, Magnum M two. They're giving you <laughs> yeah. uh they're giving the you a freaking shit that dries up after you uh, use it three times. You know? Yep. I mean, yeah, no, but I definitely pick shit up like that. Like I, I mean, I love free shit. Who doesn't? You know, you go. Depending on the company, you'll go. You you bag up everything. You'll get your koozies, whatever, and then you'll take them home or you'll leave them in the car, and then they sit in the car for a long time, and then eventually you clean out the car and you throw them away. The life cycle. <laughs> but exactly, but it's like, but shouldn't we, don't you think we should even, we should start to question that? So that's kind of where I'm getting at. So there's this mm-hmm. philosophy, right, which mm-hmm. you, I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, it got pretty popular. Uh, I don't know if it's as popular now, but it got pretty big for a little bit. But it's called minimalism. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. really what what minimalism is and when people think of minimalism, they think of like, uh, a, a house with like nothing in it besides like one table and like one chair and like one fork and like mm-hmm. all these things, which, you know, that's an extreme version of minimalism. But mm-hmm. really what minimalism is, is that it challenges you to think about the things that you current, like the actual physical things that you have in your life and that you continue to bring into your life and mm-hmm. whether those things truly bring you like value and joy right yeah. so think about like cleaning out your closet right imagine all the stuff that's in there that you just hold on to just because like yeah. you never you never you've had it for like six seven eight ten years you've mm-hmm. never used it like <laughs> you hold on to it just in case but just in case literally never comes and you end up holding on to it for yeah. 30 years until you like are move or whatever yeah. but why not like cut that short and start to think you know when you're bringing things into your life you know, mm-hmm. do I really need this? Should I even bring this into my life? Like why, like, do I already have something that serves this purpose and I'm just buying it like maybe out of the sake of feeling good. So, you know, it <laughs> yeah. challenges you to like, you know, really think about like the stuff that you bring into your life. Yeah. yeah. It makes sense. I, I mean, I was kind of going through a little bit of that. Um, I'm packing up to move obviously. So I went through and did like a nice deep packaging of everything that I have on my workbench and my workbench is like massive and full of everything <laughs> like all of my projects I've ever done like parts from it little bits and bobs because obviously you know when you're working on a project you buy a box of nails you don't use every single nail in the project so you have some leftover nails nails mm-hmm. as an example so I have little bits and bobs from like almost everything and it's just like, will I ever use this again? Like, certain things are super specialized, so I can, you know, obviously hold on to those guys. But then other things are just like, it's a 10 cent thing, so you throw a value to it. I don't really mm-hmm. need it. If I need to replace it, I can get one here, you know? So, when I'm doing the cleanup, it's, is it replaceable? How easily is it replaceable? And do I want to go through that? <laughs> or how heavy is it to transport? <laughs> yeah. No, and that that's one of the minimalism, uh, it's like, you know, games. So there's like minimalism games that you can do. And one of mm-hmm. them is, can you replace this for under $20 in under 20 minutes? Mm-hmm. Like under $20, under 20 minutes, if you can, you know, and it's obviously not something that you regularly use, like, mm-hmm. you know, every day, it's like maybe something that you use every six months or something that you're holding on to just in case. Yeah. If you can replace it in under 20 minutes for under $20, get rid of it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and one thing thought. I would challenge you, like, and obviously, mm-hmm. you know, this is a tactic, you know, this yeah. is also another game that people play, 
or whatever, you know, if you mm-hmm. want to call it a game. But you're about to move, right? Perfect, perfect opportunity to do this. Pack up all your shit like you're doing. And mm-hmm. then what you do is, you know, obviously you move into your house, right? Mm-hmm. And instead of like just going, okay, I'm going to unpack everything. You and obviously you're going to unpack some things like maybe plates in the kitchen Essentials, that you need and like frying yeah. pan. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you you start to just so you just keep the boxes and you start to unpack things as you need it. Right. Mm. And then at the end, they say, like, you know, however long you want to do it. I know that the standard is like six months, but you could say, like, yeah. okay, a year. Right. If I haven't pulled something out of that box after a year, <laughs> then yeah. chances Excellent. are you can get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. it's interesting. And it's a way for you to, like, realize, like, wow, like, I don't use any of this shit. I like, really just, don't touch know. it. But here's yeah. the thing, though. So uh, when I ran that c- the company for a little bit, I... Mm-hmm bought a lot of you know things we had a lot of products and we bought a was lot that the of drone company yeah, yeah yeah so yeah. i ran a small drone company for a little bit drone mm-hmm. parts and stuff like that and we bought a lot of inventory we bought a lot of stuff and then we kind of went out of business so i've got not tons of inventory but i have some inventory and i have tons of promotional stuff so i have mm-hmm. a box with like 800 t-shirts with the company logo and like 7,000 t-shirts yes bro yes. oh my god and like 7,000 business cards and like i have i have so much of this crap and a bunch of stickers and whatever other stuff and i need uh, to figure out like i'm debating just opening the company to sell the merch real quick <laughs> or like what do i do with all this because i don't want to like waste it i did spend money on it but I myself am not going to use it. I just, I, I started using them as rags, the t-shirts, because like, you know, working on the car, I need something, you know, because they're that, yeah. like, the value's low to me, but I know there's value because there's so many. So yeah. it's kind of, I'm going to bring it with me, obviously, because, you know, but do I 800 t-shirts, it? I mean, yeah. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I paid good money for that. Yeah. <laughs> At some point, it was worth x to me well how about this if you're listening and you're interested in chris one of chris's company shirts shoot him a dm in his instagram and uh do it you'll take uh, care of yeah there you go (laughs) i got all kinds of stuff (laughs) what else you got chris come on now's your plug what what else you got what else you got t-shirts i got some battery straps i got sunglasses i've got pens i've got stickers i've got uh uh, business cards come get it all come get it all get it all (laughs) yeah but you know it's part of the challenge of moving of course yeah but try maybe you know maybe try that see what happens you know? Yeah, I mean, obviously the eight hundred shirts, right? But other <laughs> things, you know, you may you may think that you need, right? Yeah, yeah. I know the shirts. Yeah. I'm not going to touch those guys, really. You know, <laughs> I mean, come on. What am I yeah. going to do with that? Yeah, <laughs> Just true. Them at a block party. <laughs> yeah, when, I mean, when I move, you in. literally could do that if your company yeah. was a thing. Like that's literally yeah. what you could do. That's the thing. If it's a thing, I keep getting notifications from Google. They're like, "Oh, five thousand people have searched for your company this week." And I was like. Ugh. It's not a thing anymore, guys. <laughs> Go away. But if 5,000 people search for it, I mean, and you still have leftover inventory, what's stopping you from doing that? Oh, like, there's a bunch of, like, legal stuff. I got to spin up the LLC again uh, and, like, report my taxes and all that, you know. <laughs> just tell the government to fuck off. <laughs> I know. I wish, bro. I really do wish. <laughs> I still own the domain just in case. Ah, uh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Maybe one day I'll, uh, you know, get an urge. <laughs> Yeah, why not, right? Especially if you have that leftover inventory. I mean, that's money. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So what I did do, though, is 
Um, I'm still set up as an Amazon seller, so I've been like slowly leaking out some of the stuff on Amazon. Mm -hmm. But the legality of like you got to report your taxes as a business, yeah. you know, and my EIN kind of is closed you're not supposed to be selling products so like eh, yeah you know but you're gonna get it you're gonna get it straight now right because yeah. you know so everything uh -huh. is needs to be there you go yep, so what sure. that, that's cool I mean because you you know you've done something that maybe a lot of not a lot of people have done so like what what advice would you give people if they're trying to start you know like a company where they're supplying like inventory and parts like that like what would you you know, what would you tell someone that's looking to get into that type of uh, business? I would say uh, in the early years, stay on top of your inventory. Make sure you have everything you need when you need it. Um, a lot of companies these days do like drop shipping. So depending on the product you're selling, you might even might not even have to have inventory. Uh, part two is spread broad and wide. Uh, with the industry that I was in, it, it was kind of like niche. So not there were many people that knew about it but the many people was in a small community you know so like orlando is the hub for all things drones and i didn't know that yeah yeah it is it's oh. booming i mean wow. we have some of the largest like drone parks uh, in the world so we've got people here the communities here other companies are here other manufacturers are here so we would like go out to the drone races and stuff like that and big time promote. I mean, we would race ourselves, so we'd flash our products all over, you know, our own builds and whatever. So it's getting into the community, finding a group of people that are ready to buy what you're selling and, you know, self-promoting is masterful. Like if you could do it well, people will see that, I mean, you know, if you have a good product and it works and you mm -hmm. market it well, that's another thing too. We have to do a lot of, uh, like, heavy discounting to get started so that we could, you know, build the base. Because when you have a lot of competitors in the market, you got to, you know, kind of beat them out somehow. And you beat them out by better customer service and um, better price. Better price, yeah. yeah. Those are the, the two things you can control right away, depending on your margins and all that. But the margins on drone parts is insane. I mean... You buy these chips and boards from China, and you, you know, mark them up ten thousand. You know, so, ten thousand. <laughs> not ten thousand. Oh. Not every case. Not every case. Oh, but. I was like, God damn! <laughs> but you, you know, you buy something you, for a dollar, and you're selling it for ten thousand. Yeah. Oh no, buy something for a dollar, maybe selling it for like what, like a hundred or yeah. Whatever yeah, yeah. You know, and the thing is, it's the volume stuff too, because mm. you're buying things from like China, you want to buy in bulk, ship in bulk. And then you get it, you break it down, maybe you do some minor assembly if you need to, and then you roll with it, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what mm -hmm. we did. So we bought, uh, we got this PCB design from someone, we got the guy to release it to us, uh, you know, so everything's legit. We sent the schematics off, they printed it, they did what they needed to do, it's bulk shipped back to us from China. We did minor assembly, and then we shipped. We actually, and that's uh, how you get paid, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you get paid. Make the big buns. The big bu the big ones. The big buns. <laughs> the big buns. I mean, they, they, some of those were there too, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> different story, different story. Yeah. It, it was it was fun until I could, just couldn't keep up with it, you know. Yeah. I was too young, too dumb, too ready to, like, 
And where 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 did you like? Why did it fail? I think it failed because I and my partner stopped committing to it. So Hmm. we were young and we wanted to live. Obviously, we wanted to like go out and party and do do stuff. Yeah. I picked up a new girlfriend at the time and like. You know, you get occupied. It's, oh, man, okay, I'll ship that order tomorrow. Or, And then if you're not putting it in, then your business partner doesn't want to put it in because you, you have to be equal or have an understanding that you're not equal. And that's a phase that we went through. We started 50-50, but then at a point in time, it was like, hey, so I don't have the time to devote to this, but I can shift the way that I help by maybe instead working more and then I can provide um, money as a backer and then you could do a little bit more of the day-to-day. So then we kind of did like an equity shift in the company. We was like, okay, I'll be a funder, less hands-on, and then we can kind of put you up, we'll do a 70-30 split or whatever mm-hmm. based mm-hmm. off of you know what the value of your work is versus the value of the money that I can provide plus my work or vice versa. So once you start to get into that stuff, I think it should be defined from the start. And that's something we didn't do. So Mm. you got to figure out your commitment, figure out your business partner's commitment and then stick to it. That's, uh, that's where I failed. Mm. Interesting. And, and how do you think that, because I think that you, your guys' intentions, right? If we kind of break it down a bit, the intentions were mm-hmm. good. And I'm sure like when you guys both first started and you started in this 50-50, like you guys were both yeah. in it, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it was more of like gradually, you know, maybe someone drifted. And then when that commitment wasn't there, you didn't have, you know, the support or whatever. And mm-hmm. then now you're by yourself, right? And now you're kind of like, okay, like I'm not yeah. really making that, you know, I'm sure you guys were making money, but like you guys aren't yeah. making like crazy money, right? No. Obviously not yet. Not yet. Exactly. And, um, yeah. And then that is disheartening because mm-hmm. now it's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not really making off. that much money. I'm doing all this by myself. It's like, ah, yeah, screw this. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that's, it's the crazy thing. Like, it, and it also falls into the pay yourself type of deal. Mm-hmm. At what point do you start to pay yourself? And I mean, you shouldn't probably, if it's a side hustle like that, I mean, I'm just assuming you, mm-hmm. you probably would try not to for at least the first couple of years. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that, which that is tough, hurts, but, yeah. especially mm-hmm. when you're trying to like balance the books and everything. Cause that happened to me. I, I got a new job and well, I could devote this many hours to my job and make X amount more than, you know, spending time working on this company. I understand the build and the build takes time, but at that point in my life, I needed the money, you know? So I'm going to go to work. Yeah. Just, it makes sense. It made sense. How, yeah. You know, what, what is the saying? How much did they pay you in order to, for you to give up on your dreams? Yeah, pretty much. That's what a job is. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Oh my it's gosh. Like, God damn. That hurts. You know, it's, it's true, man. That's I mean, real. it's like, cause with my, my dad's business, you know, that I work with him on Saturdays and stuff. And mm-hmm. it's one of those things that you contemplate. You're like, okay, like, you know, if I really decided to focus all of my time and energy into this, mm-hmm. you know, I, you could probably make it into something. Yeah. But then you look at the money that you're getting consistently on a regular mm-hmm. basis, like that's probably <laughs> going to increase over time. And then you're mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, you know, like 
maybe, maybe not, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice. I could. It has potential. Yeah. I could grow it, but this is already at this level, so I didn't need yeah. to grow it, you know, or it could yeah. grow faster, bigger. But I think it's one of those things that I'm still doing it and I still want to do it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm, I guess I'm just now I'm trying to find a way where I can do both of these things at the same time. But it's tough. You know, it's tough because yeah. you got to have the vision. You got to have mm-hmm. the vision and you got to like your the people that you're working with need to be on the same page. Yeah. And then, the, you know, everyone needs to be willing to execute. Right. Yes. And I think execution sometimes, especially when you have a small business and you're trying to grow like this specific example that we you know discussed earlier. It's mm-hmm. like. You're probably like if you really want to grow and you really want to like free up your time and you want to grow your business or whatever, you're probably going to have to take a pay cut. I mean, like as an example, like if you guys are, yes, you're making money, but if you're the one that has to go there and like send out the orders, Mm -hmm. then, you know, you're not focused on growing the business. You're focused on running the business and running the business isn't growing the business. Right. So then you, it's like that mind shift, you know, so it's like, okay, you can be the business owner. But mm-hmm. now it's like, okay, maybe you hire someone to – now we're talking theory, right? But yeah, maybe yeah. you hire someone to fulfill these orders and you give them that 10 or 15 bucks an hour. I don't know, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And yes, you're not getting paid. But now you know maybe you can start like really – the time that you are Focus putting in. Growth. Exactly. Now yeah. it's like, okay, I'm already paying this guy. The business is sustaining like our customer base. Now I can focus on like growing. So every hour that you put in mm-hmm. now could potentially turn into to passive revenue. Because yeah. you already have the infrastructure set up for somebody to to run the business and is doing all these mm-hmm. operational things. Now, every single extra hour that you put into like every new customer that you get, let's say, Ooh. is now going to be like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Now that's gonna yeah. that's when shit really starts. But yeah. so that's the uh, the red work versus blue work theory, you know. So mm. what's that? I've never heard of that. They say red work is the the doing, the repetitive, the you know hands on. The I need to cut the grass in my lawnmower company and then the blue work is the how do I innovate it how do I make it better how do I make it faster how do I grow all of that blue work is usually a lot of mental work it sometimes converts mental work or discussion and then it it turns into action items action items are your red work so you want to have usually like a a good probably 70-30 split on red work to blue work because you want to be thinking about innovating. You want to be thinking about growth. You want to have conversations about growth to open the opportunities. And then you want to do the red work. But what you can do is if the red work is truly as simple as, you know, putting A plus B together and then putting it in a box, you can start to do what you're saying, farm it out. So you farm it out, you get some students, some college students or whatever, which is what we did actually. We for a time we hired some college kids we paid them scraps and um <laughs> we were like hey you could put this and this together cool great and put it in the box and you know it worked great for a time it did we didn't pay ourselves but the red work was done by red workers and they were paid a red working wage you know and i think that's kind of how the the blue work falls into the blue collar zone you know so that's all of the white collar zone would you say because red, because you're saying red and blue, I would almost think it's like white and blue. So like the white collar workers, right? Strategy, yeah. like finance, like yeah. growth, blah 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 blah. And then blue collar, isn't that more like you know you're the like you said you're the one like cutting the grass or you're the one like you know doing yeah. the job type of thing. 
Yeah, that's how yeah. I would think of it. But that, I've never heard the the red and the blue. So blue in this case is like the the blue is equal to white, and yeah. then red is equal to blue in the other comparison. Yeah, yeah. exactly, okay. exactly. So it's all all the innovative stuff, all the things that will move you further, or mm. just taking a second to analyze your business. You know, so that it's very important to have a good mix of both. But you want to spend as an owner or a process owner. You want to spend a lot of your time in the blue work so that you don't have to do the red work because a lot of times red work just sucks and you don't want to do it anyways. Nobody wants to do it. And if you're doing so much red work, you're going to be exhausted that you can't even do the blue work. Exactly. Exactly. You'll be done. You'll get off at five and you'll say, all right, I'm hitting the couch. You know? Yeah. I'm watching some TV. I'm uh, I'm eating a sherbet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) I'm chilling with sherbet. Red work tires you out, but like yeah. I have meetings where I get into the blue work, and it's like it energizes me because yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's fun. And it's good because you build these collaborative networks and design and stuff, things like that. And your head is firing, your brain is firing. Everyone's on the same page after a good collaborative meeting, and it's just like, oh, all right, I'm ready to do what I need to do now. And then you yeah. do the red work, you know. So it. It's really good to stay in the blue when you can. But obviously yeah. the red is necessary, but staying in the blue. And, and that's the thing, man. Like I am – I like in this specific example, like blue and red, I mm-hmm. am a blue guy. Like yeah. I am all blue. And I feel like you you know, you know, know that. And like mm-hmm. my dad mm-hmm. knows that because I freaking sit with him going to do all this red work and I'm like, why the hell are we doing this? Like <laughs> you know, we need to get someone – you know what I mean? I'm just yeah. – I'm pounding him. I'm pounding him. And he's, yeah. you know, he's starting to like you know, take into consideration the ideas that I have and he's you know, listening and, and stuff, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. Um, but dude, I am all about the blue. It's like – because that's yeah. – and, and I agree with you completely. When you have a good session like that, there's literally nothing – there's nothing like it. You no. feel like you just feel good. Like you feel productive. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're like, damn, like I'm worth something. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. We just it's, solved world hunger right amazing. there. Yeah. <laughs> I no, love for it. Sure. The thing is though, is that people love blue. I, th- I think that people love the blue work mm-hmm. and the blue work is sometimes easy to talk about. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. I can say, oh yeah, Chris, like, you know, just connect Salesforce to the current access database system. Like it's easy, right? And then, or, or I don't know, somewhat whatever tech. Or yeah, Chris, just build an algorithm. Build the algorithm based on what we just discussed right here on the whiteboard. Like, like yeah, it makes sense, <laughs> yeah. right? Just do it. Yep. And then you were like, Press yeah, it. yeah, of course, of course. And Agreed. then you start to actually try to do it. And that's yeah. where I think, because in consulting, right? Because I do consulting, we have, mm-hmm. we talk about a lot of strategy and like what we should be doing. And Sometimes we have a tendency to do that and we have a tendency to make these assumptions, you know, and we use the best logic that we can to bring, you know, make sure that the assumptions that we're taking are correct. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, and sometimes even the human factor to predict is very difficult. So as an example, right, if you're doing like a cost cutting project within an organization and they're letting go 30% of their staff, right? And then, okay, 30% of your staff is going to go, right? And then they're like, okay, we want to have this change agent network that's going to support like what we're doing because it's best for the company or whatever. And then, but then you think about it and then it's like, okay, like you, you want to cut, you know, 30% of your staff and then you want to have a change agent network to try to sell to everyone. Like, yeah, I just, we just cut 30% of the people, but it's really good. Like, it's going to be great guys. Don't worry. And then you're kind of, uh, and then when you challenge that, you know, it's funny, like you challenge that in the, Mm -hmm. in the business world and you say, okay, like, yeah, we're going to do this change agent network. They're going to support us. It's going to be great. And then, 
you know, you challenge it and you're like, okay, well, what if they don't support us? <laughs> and then you're like, well, what do you mean they're not going to support us? Like, it's their job. You know, they have to. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, uh, no, they don't. You know what uh, I mean? Like, uh, yeah. it's like, That's the you know, so factor. we, and so it's interesting to think about like the blue and the red because the blue, you know, you, you can come up with all these great ideas, but where, where the, you know, that red work is where the money's made. Yeah. Right. And, and, and in order to, and in order to make the blue work even worth something, mm-hmm. it takes a shit ton of red work. It does. So it like, does. I and there's no stages, way, to, I don't think there's way to, no way to say like one is more valuable than another. I mean, no. I think that you could argue, I think that you could argue that red work is more important in theory mm-hmm. than blue work, but right. Because red is like the execution and making the money or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if there wasn't, if there was no blue work, mm-hmm. then there wouldn't be any red work. So exactly. then it's kind of like, okay, is it the chicken or the egg? You know? yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I think there's stages of red work. Um, the, mm. the, the blue and red work theory, it, it doesn't break it down like this, but I think there's stages of red work. Because red work in a work environment could be, okay, these tasks are to sustain the business, like you were saying, and the business will continue to chug along, right, with these red work tasks. But then there's the blue work that generates red work tax. Or exactly, tasks. exactly. And I think those ones, those tasks are red work, but they need to be a different priority level of red work. So they're, they're technically not the day-to-day run the business. They're the innovate tasks. So they're kind of like sub-blue, but they're red, you know? And, mm. and that that's important. That's value added. So you have value, and then you have value added. Or tasks that will create value added and they'll create additional value like exactly. i think the red work is value added tasks but these are tasks that don't that don't have inherent value but could like if executed will add additional value add to like everything else yeah. exactly exactly and that's that right there is, is also a good balance between a company trying to figure out okay how much in a day will i do to support current business and then how much in a day will i do to improve current business and after you've already mapped it out, of course, in your blue work sessions and whatever, then it's okay, the tasks. Now we've identified it. Now we need to work it into our workflow for the normal red work or else all that blue work was useless, like you were saying. True. Yeah. And that's what happens all the time. And in corporations, like all this blue work happens and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then sometimes yep. shit doesn't happen. <laughs> Everybody's sitting around the conference table smiling. And smiling. Like, yeah. Lunch, yeah. You know? parties happening yeah and that's why i go around the room and uh, usually what i try to do if i do have a, a good solid blue work session is right at the end we generate the red work tasks and we assign them exactly you have to distribute it define timelines like yep so yep. in consulting you know we do a lot of blue work like i mean that's mm-hmm. pretty much all we do right but <laughs> when we're as we're doing this blue work we're already thinking of the red work tasks yep. who needs to do them by when in yep. addition to that so now that we've thought of, so we have this theory, we've mm-hmm. developed these first initial red work tasks. Now, again, from there, we mm-hmm. say, okay, after that, then what's next even after that, yeah. right? So with your clients, you know, and even if you think about your, your coworkers, mm-hmm. you almost, in order to really be a leader, you have to be, literally, you have to be two or three steps ahead. Like, yeah. you're, you're presenting them the concept, Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like maybe this is the first time they're hearing something. And as soon as you're getting as soon as you're getting their buy in, they're like, wow, yeah, you're right. This makes sense. This is great. Oh, my gosh. Then you're like, great. Click Implement. space bar. 
boom. Chris, you do this. Jacob, you do this. Boom, boom, boom. By you know two weeks from now, I need this report. You blah 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 blah. So we can push forward. And everyone's like, yeah, okay, great. So yeah. and then you know once they deliver that, you know you you already have a plan of how all that's going to fit in and how it's going to be put together. So it's like you're you're like yeah. two or three steps ahead. So you can really yeah. kind of lead. You can really lead them into you know whatever you're doing. But it's also really important to understand how to articulate that. I uh, I got mm. some feedback the other day uh, from my manager, and he said, "So me and this one other person that we're working with, mm. we are on the same level when we're in like deep blue work, especially when we're talking like technical things. We're in it, and me and that one other person are deeply engaged. They see the same roadmap that I see, and the red tasks have been assigned, and or." In our heads, we know the red task. We both agreed on it. And then we'll end the meeting or we'll just about end the meeting. We'll say, all right, cool. Everyone knows what we're doing. And I look around and nobody knows what the hell me and that one other person we're just talking about. Because mm. I get into like a feedback loop with if I get like positive that feedback individual. from one person. Yeah. And I don't relay it to like the group. So I, I, my manager was like, hey, okay, I get it that you're six steps ahead. It's good that you're thinking that far ahead and you know what needs to happen, but at the end of your session with this one other person, I'm going to need you to break it all down for all of us to make sure we're all on the same page and we're all in agreement, and then work it out amongst the group because we need a general consensus. Because a, a few times we'd end the meeting, me and that one person agreed, everyone else is lost and they go do the yeah. wrong thing or uh, and mm. then we have to work backwards and... I didn't see it happening, but my manager called me out and he's like, hey, hey, it's great, but I need you to communicate it better. I need mm. you to communicate it with the whole team. And that's when I started doing the the syncing with every person. So I'm on a call. We've got everything down. I will ask, okay, great. Does everyone know what's going on? Cool. And then at the end, just, you know, reverb it, just spit it back out for everyone to hear. Yeah. And then after you do that, you roll through the assignments and say, okay, uh, in order for this to happen, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. Uh, when can you have that? When can you have that? When do you think you can have that? And then, you know, if there's like tiers to something like, hey, I need project A before project B can commence. Okay, great. I'll loop back with you whenever before right at the end of the call so everyone knows it's hot in their heads. And mm -hmm. they'll probably either go write it down or implement right after we get off the call. And that's mm -hmm. what I love, you know, that do you, do you send follow-up emails as well? Like after, so I, I less that's informal. something that's pretty, I okay. Chats. I just, I just send off a chat and be like, Hey, is this done yet? If I'm waiting mm. on something, especially it's, is this done yet? Or is it almost done? Mm -hmm. is it, has it made it in? You know, one thing that I think, you know, is a way to document it. Right. So like yeah. what you can do at the end is, especially if you're kind of leading this group, Mm -hmm. you in a way are accountable they're responsible but you're yeah. accountable because yeah. ultimately you know you, you know you're driving this process or whatever it's going to happen mm -hmm. like if yes they're responsible for this task but if they don't get it done that's on you because you weren't clear enough with the task you you didn't push them you didn't give them the proper timeline yeah. so like what's what's been beneficial for me is like after a meeting mm -hmm. not only for me but for others so that they you can people you know, people can look at it. It's documented. People can reference it, whatever you can mm -hmm. say task one, blah, 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 blah. Chris do by next week. End of business task yeah. two, Jacob, blah, 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 blah. And like, and then at the end you say, please reach out to me. Like if anything is unclear, you're unclear of the task and you can kind of 
document that, create mm-hmm. that open communication flow. And now like everything's documented. Like, you know, yeah. you said that you were going to do this by this date. Yeah. We so confirmed. that way, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. see, you're exactly. right. You're right. That's been one of my struggles too. So I, I, mm. the follow up dude. Yeah. The yeah. follow up. The follow up for me is I, I can, I can ping you real quick, but the documentation, I'm a go fast guy. Like we were talking before. With yeah. Development. Uh. I'm a go fast guy. So I want it like done. When I get off this call, I expect you to go do it right now or get it to me in a day. Like, yeah. I'll put it on your task list and like just get it done. But then looping back and actually writing things down and then spelling it out so that we can all look at it later. That that has not been one of my strong suits, especially after the like blue group think high, you know. It's just like, ah, okay, go do. Especially when I'm thinking, I'm just like, ah, if I don't have anything else to do project wise or this is really important, it's really hot in my head, mm. I wanna get her done. Yeah. Uh, but you'd be surprised. I mean, that's that's a very – and I understand going fast and I think that that's important and I think that it's a good characteristic to have. Mm-hmm. Although now you need to think of like that people element and like yeah. you know, not everyone's like you, right? Mm-hmm. So this is almost comes into like a project management. So this yeah. is like what project managers do, right? And obviously their only job – is really to make sure that things are flowing. They're not actually, you know, most of the time they're not actually doing the actual work that it takes in order to get it done. But that element of project management, I mean, it's, you need to manage the project, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. That's why they say like development and IT project management go hand in hand. So I see a lot of people these days getting uh, project management certified. It, It just, especially when you're developing something, not even computer, anything. If you're developing a product, it helps to have project management skills so that you can define timelines, set up your agile meetings, and you know all, all that stuff. And I think it's great. It's great. I love it. But I'm not a write it down kind of guy. I'm a get it done kind of guy, and it hurts me sometimes. <laughs> but you know what? If as long as you're like aware, like that's what's yeah. important. Like you're aware, and you're aware of it. Now I'm it's trying. like, okay, you acknowledge it. Yeah, it's the action now. It's the action. So get the red work done, right? Yeah, get the red work done. I know, done. I know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yo, oh, the man. hallway has been long, but it was uh, it was good. It was a good walk. I think yeah. it was a good walk. We the found hallway. some cubicles. We, we <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining us. I hope uh, you. this was a very good discussion around business, around parents around we talk about our parents a lot yeah, that means we, we love them right i know yeah, yeah we They're do great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome bro thanks for walking down the hallway like subscribe uh thank you guys for listening and we'll see you guys next time all right peace out